When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on Earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hit it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm JT Timmons, and that's Patrick, and that's Jingles. Jingles <laughs> still has his sword. Okay. He's still here. Still armed. Still armed. Still just as horrifying forever and always. <laughs> um, but yeah, welcome back, y'all. We have a nice offering for you from Faye Daddy, but not on the Faye, unfortunately. Well, you never know. It's actually, it's ghost you mail. You can tell. It could be anything. Yeah. yeah. It's could ghost be mail. Anything. <laughs> ghost mail. Yes. <laughs> so maybe there will be a Faye Daddy offering, but Faye Daddy is offering you some ghost mail today. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, to start us off, we have a few announcements. Um, first, when January January rolls January, uh, January, yeah. rolls January. <laughs> when January come about when it rolls around <laughs> after uh, all of the holiday seasons and things like that, uh, we are going to start your year out with a really great series. It's going to be a three part series breaking down the conjuring house dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah and if you haven't caught on yet we're going there um in the yeah. dead of winter and i've been uh jt and i have been reading andrea perrin's um book yeah. about her family's experiences in the house and the more and more we read it the more concerned i get about how we're going to fare in this house there there's some Interesting, interesting. There are some very things. interesting things and things that were not ever like certainly not wide release mm-hmm. uh, knowledge. Like uh, there's a whole different tract of phenomena happening that uh, you, you rarely hear about or see. So, exactly. Yeah. And if the ghosts don't kill us, the weather just might. There's a good chance. Good because chance. there is some really intense details about how the yeah. snow just wants to kill you in oh, yes. Rhode Island. It's, well, all of New England, really. Uh, New England folk. I'm just a, How do you survive? Why do you stay? Right. <laughs> I'm just a wee southerner down here. We have thin skin. I am thin skinned. And yeah. also, Savannah got like, what, three inches of snow one time, and we all just lost we our lost minds. We lost our minds. We closed like, things down. Everything seven shut down. People died. It was like crazy. Yeah. It was madness. So. We'll see what happens. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see us um, brave through the New England winter and through the demons of the Conjuring House, yep. uh, consider becoming a para junkie because they are going to get like an inside, in depth 
experience with us um, because we're going to be live streaming from the house specifically for para-junkies. So it's going to feel like you are also staying in the Conjuring house, but from the safety and warmth of your own home. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Do we ever get a, 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 a an answer as to how it's heated? <laughs> I'm is it, is it a space heating situation? <laughs> Do we need to bring our own space heaters? They say bring blankets. Yeah, um, Ooh, concerning. Like, Did they never put insulation into the house? Because because in the sixties, when the Perrin family moved in, they made sure to specify that there was no insulation in that right. house. So. And you know, for historical purposes, I could see them not wanting to. Right. But for comfort purposes. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are no beds. If I'm going to be eaten so, by a demon, I want to be comfortable. Right. Yeah. And so, well, the house might, ju- even if it is heated, the house might just be freezing cold because of the ghosts. That's too. true. That's true. They're like, I mean, suck the heat out of these people. <laughs> exactly. So. It's true. Yeah. Um, uh, Wanderlust Magic said, uh, because we like the struggle of the Nor'easter. <laughs> that, is why, that is why she stays oh, the there. Nor'easter. Yes, and Arcadia uh, is here. What's up, Arcadia? You got uh, Bill um, Cooper in here. Yeah, Bill. Bill Cooper. Hey, but look at where he moved. stories of lol. Yeah, no, he left, but, you know, after a full career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Arcadia uh, said, yeah, we act crazy with minimal snow down here in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lose our minds. That's for damn sure. That's true. Um, and so uh, before we get into uh, the... The rest of the ghost mail and whatnot. Um, one last thing, we do want to thank a couple new para junkies. Um, so we want to thank Da Heat. Da Heat. Da Heat. <laughs> Honestly, we we're gonna be thanking Da Heat <laughs> up in uh, <laughs> up in Rhode <laughs> Island. We need Da Heat. Da Heat. <laughs> We also want to thank Desiree, Joe Foe, Shayna, and Allison Arnold. Thank you guys so much for joining us over on the Parajunkie Welcome side. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard to the Parajunkie yes, realm. Yes. Uh, and so with that, enough blabbering. Let's get on to the ghost mail, which you're all here to hear. I, I'm just real fast. I want to thank our editor debria because it, i don't know who's watching this on uh youtube but she has been putting her, her foot in these <laughs> videos lately she sits here for hours on end just is a thankless away. task it is it is very true and she's so funny and i and and uh so if y'all need if y'all want to you know go check out what she's got going on on youtube um you know if you only listen you know go go watch a couple episodes we have like five million at this point so yeah uh, exactly. Yeah, the the I think the last fifty to sixty are the ones that she's been cutting, and she's just unbelievable. So, Magic, yes. like you know, shout out to her. And if you're all scratching your heads wondering what JT means by putting her foot in it, no, she is not editing with her foot. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> she that's, might be. She might. You never <laughs> We're know. We're not watching her. <laughs> but uh, that's actually a saying that we picked up on um, when <laughs> JT and I went to New Orleans a couple years ago, and we did a voodoo tour with this very eccentric man named Roby shout out to Roby I highly doubt he listens to this but well he might actually he might, he might. Um, Roby's vibe. well shout out to Roby in New Orleans who does the Vodou tour if you're listening um but the within two minutes of him meeting us he goes where are you from and we're like Georgia and he goes y'all got good fried chicken down there they put their foot into that mm-hmm. and we're like what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, they put their foot in it. And I'm, he's like, they just be, you know, 
doing it down there. And we're like, I like that. That's a good phrase. Yeah. I'm going to use that now. So anytime something's exceptional, Heck yeah. they put their foot they in it. They put their foot in it. So Which yep. sounds like something went wrong. Right. You, know, you really put your foot in it this time. But I see I see where it's going. No, nope. they they put everything they got. It's a got. compliment is what yes. we're trying to say. <laughs> yes. All righty. That's true. So on to the ghost mail now. All righty. So this one comes from Kelly. Hey, I have been listening to your podcast for a while now. Found y'all Thank you. via TikTok. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making the connection away from the TikToks because you get so much more than just our 60 seconds of oh yeah small cuts so definitely uh thank you very much um well anyway so was like oh look that's my hometown sort of um i was born and raised in, across the river in jasper county south carolina hey nice uh, i lived on family property until i went to college at western carolina university in Kalawi, uh Weehee? Weehee? north carolina um I do have several ghost stories from my time there, and it would be a great university to cover in haunted college episodes. Um, I digress. So, more back to my story. The house I spent the first eight years of my life living in was an old house that was built, I believe, in the 1940s. was built to house workers that worked for either the railroad or Argent Lumber, um, or maybe both, can't remember. When the company no longer had us um, for them, my family member bought several houses and buildings and moved them to our property. The house I lived in was everyone in my family's uh, family starter home. People either lived there after moving to South Carolina or after they got married. My parents were there, uh, were the la- the latter. We were the only uh, we were only the second family with children ever to live in the house. I believe this to be a very important fact. So the house was originally four rooms, but two more rooms were added on. So a rectangular two rooms by three, uh, two by three room um, to have a kitchen and another bedroom. For me, I have two memories I recall from my childhood that I want to share from living in the old house. I have many other stories about my experiences in the house after we moved out. First one, me and my younger brother shared the middle room kitchen on side and living room on the other um i don't remember when it started or when it ended i just remember seeing scary faces in the window at night my god nobody wants to see a scary face in the window um that is not the place you want a scary face um you do until it happens and then you're like oh no i didn't want this i didn't i didn't ask for (laughs) this experience it so no you don't yes i do no you don't anyways um babadook me up Babadook, you up? Hell yeah. We love the Babadook. He's mm-hmm. a gay icon. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Anyways, um, we had a big window with curtains, and the security yard light was right outside. I would see these scary shadow faces, definitely the eyes, mouth, and something I would call horns. Even mm. worse. Um, I say horns because at the time we had goats, and that is what my brain decided they look like. To this day, I don't sleep with windows uncovered or mirrors in my bedroom due to these faces. My second experience was I was a little bit older, up late, um, up late watching I Love Lucy, and everybody was asleep. Still sharing a room with my little brother. I felt as someone had placed their hand on my left shoulder. I looked around expecting to find my mom getting on me for staying up late. There was no one behind me. 
My little brother still sound, sound asleep, so I got up and ran and got in bed with my mom. My mom was sharing these experiences with my grandmother, and she asked my mom um, why she had, she, my mom, told me about her experiences because that that is what had me freaking out. My mom didn't really even remember her experiences from living in the house until my grandmother said something and had not shared that with me. Most of my family didn't believe it because so many others had lived in that house. But my grandparents with my mom and aunt and then my mom with me and my brother have been the only ones with children to ever live on that in that house since being moved to um, our property. One other story about the old house. My mother, as long as I remember, has always slept with the TV on and we did the same. When I was a teenager no longer living in the old house, I asked my mother about why she always slept with the TV on. She told me that when my father and her were newly married before I came along, she and my dad were living in an old house. She was awoken in the middle of the night and that uh, had no lights on, pitch black. She swears she saw an African-American man wearing overalls with a lantern in his hand. He was so big, he filled up the doorway. She freaked out, woke my dad up, and there was no one in the house. So to this day, she still sleeps with the TV on for light and will not sleep when it is completely dark. I have several more ghost stories, including my own hat man um, ghost that happened to wear a... um, Oh, my... Well, I combined that for you, but my own man ghost that happened to wear a hat. Hat man? (laughs) hope this made sense if you would wear uh, if you would like to hear more please let me know i also do believe i am somewhat sensitive to the other side i lost some as i got older side note the old house is no longer standing had been torn down thank you for your time kelly oh thank you kelly you know it's um a lot of people don't understand that it's like when you grow up in a haunted house um not every experience is super intense or drawn out uh sometimes it is just simply there's far more casual hauntings in the world than there are anything else so casual in fact that many people don't even realize that there is haunting going on exactly you know just simple things oh that door is open you know uh, i guess i forgot to yeah you know or the dog must have pulled this out you know oh what's that doing on the floor oh what's this so many things are easily overlooked because they fit into a narrative that we can accept quickly (laughs) and move on Right. But the truth of the matter is we all might be haunted to differing degrees and it's not all going to be, you know, the bloody eyeless woman's coming down from the ceiling screaming. Did that happen to you? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> the, I think the scariest thing, though, is I can't, um, you know, I, I would never feel comfortable sleeping with the windows um, without curtains again either if I saw scary faces with horns um, staring back at me. Well, I lived many years needing glasses but not having glasses when I was very young. And so when I looked out the window, I'd always see what looked like little lumps, like mm. what would what would appear like somebody's head you know, looking over the edge or or sneaking in from the side because, you know, my astigmatism was bad. <laughs> my eyesight was bad. But I'd look and I think I see something in the window. Um, and it was especially bad when we were like on the fourth floor of, a, of an mm-hmm. apartment building. I'm looking out the window and it looks like somebody's going. So it's really just yeah. the gnomes without hats. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. The dwarves without hats. That's what it was. Dwarves. Excuse me. Dwarves. I apologize to the dwarves. There's a difference. Yes. 
Yes, gnomes are notably smaller, therefore they can wear their hats, and I wouldn't notice them because they're tiny. Yes, but dwarves, dwarves without, without hats, hats. Ah. That's, that's when things get rough. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, it, it, probably a lot of the activity that you're experiencing, or, well, experienced, probably got amplified when the house was taken from its original oh, sure. place. That stirred up a lot. Yeah, it, that's really common um, to hear when people... Basically, it's not as common for people to pick up a house and move it, but yeah. it happens. Sure. Um, and anytime people are doing like major rent, uh, renovations or um, doing anything to their house that's changing the energy, the flow of the house, it's really common for people to experience a heightened of paranormal activity in their home, especially if it was already haunted to begin with. And even further is the idea that a lot of land carries with it spirits. Spirits are just kind of on the land, you know, homeless ghosts just you know, milling about. And if suddenly a dwelling just appeared one day, you know, that kind of draw would probably be irresistible because like mm -hmm. if you're building a house, then it's like piece by piece, it's coming together. And a spirit could be interested in in that process, but by the time the house is built, they may have you know exercised all their energy in you know the construction era. But if you just drop a house like a mobile home right on a spot and the land is haunted, the ghost is like, oh, shelter, I'm going in. That's where I'm supposed to be. That's it. Thank you for the house. <laughs> thank you for my house. Thank you. Um, but yeah, thank you, Kelly, for sending that in. And, and absolutely send more stories. Uh, yeah. I, I love that people always ask us. Right. If you'd like to hear. We always want to hear more. <laughs> yes. We always want more ghost stories. We have an insatiable desire for yes, we um, do. ghost stories. And it creates an amazing map of, of, of ghosts, you know, because the more stories that we collect from from different sources, the more stories that we have that are independent and individual, the more we're able to say, wow, this is a very common trend in ghosting. This exactly. is a very common trend in haunting. Lots of people are having this same experience. Plus, there are listeners out there who are probably sitting on ghost stories because they don't want to share it because it just seems so far out there or so unrelatable. The more stories we get, the more comfortable they may feel in sharing their experiences mm -hmm. and finding answers. Or feeling that their experience wasn't as insane as they right. might think. Yeah. You know? Validating yes. yeah. their experience. Exactly. Straight up. So this next story, um, I don't think this person wanted their name used, but the subject was titled Vietnam War Soldier Ghost Encounter. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, okay. Yeah. Heard that. Okay, so to Haunted City Podcast. Hi, guys. I'm a recent follower, and I have a story I think may be interesting. I've always been quite an adventurous person and extremely passionate about wildlife conservation in indigenous communities. So about a year ago, I decided to travel to Cambodia for a volunteer program. Okay. I think we've had um, people yeah. have experiences that have sent we in did. from Cambodia. Yeah, the we little boy. The little yeah. boy. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. I wonder mm -hmm. if it might have been a similar program. You never yeah. know. But anyways. Um, to Cambodia for a volunteer program. I had many worries and had to plan a lot in advance, especially since I was a young girl traveling alone. But I didn't let that uh, put me off. I was confident that the place I was volunteering at was safe and ethical, and it was extremely so. The place was an animal rehabilitation facility out in the Cambodian wilderness. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Near the Vietnam border. And it was a place that had very close ties to the indigenous community that lives nearby. So much so that most of the workers were from that community. 
I always knew that the people were very respectful and also very cautious. They had many beliefs about spirits, but since I'm not overly religious, I simply respected their belief and moved on with my day. I never really put much thought into what their beliefs were or how they could manifest. Anyway, they did multiple animal sacrifices on site. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. And I took part in many ceremonies blessing the land. They always seemed very cautious about carrying out these ceremonies correctly. I'm sure they do. Because if you make one misstep, then bad things happen. So, Um, And that's kind of a common thread in a lot of ritualistic type practices. Especially blood magic. Exactly. Um, Since I visited during a low period, there weren't many people at the site. In fact, at one point, I was the only volunteer there. And at night, when the rest of the staff left to go home, only the main tour guide and I were left on site, which, may I add, was in the middle of nowhere, right in the jungle. (laughs) They had put me up in a small two-story cabin and the door to my room only accessible from a flight of stairs that led uh, led up the outside of the building and it faced the open forest. The guide was further away in the staff section, right on the other side of the site, so I was practically all alone. The first few nights were fine, apart from the relentless animal sounds that were coming from inside and outside of my room. But then on the fourth night, I experienced something odd. I was laying in bed trying to will myself to sleep. The noise was especially loud that night, animals scurrying the usual. But then I heard something different. It was footsteps. And they were human footsteps, wide and full of inconsistencies a few steps were made then a shuffle a pause then more footsteps and it was as if it was circling the downstairs outdoor area Mm. that's horrifying Mm -hmm. um i was frozen in my bed i barely wanted to breathe in case it alerted it now i never have been overly into ghost stories up until then (laughs) in fact the thought never crossed my mind In that moment, I thought it was a trespasser or something else, but not a ghost. Eventually, I fell asleep, woke up, and on the way to the bathroom, which was an outhouse further in the forest, I checked out the area. There was nothing. So I brought it up with the tour guide, and he said so nonchalantly, oh, it was the ghost. I was so (laughs) taken aback. (laughs) I didn't know what to think. During the day, I asked some of the indigenous folks about it, asking another to translate. The lady told me the ghost only comes at night, and when there aren't many people in the site, she looked terrified as she spoke. Um, hmm. She said one time she was trapped here for the night because of a storm. She had to take her baby and stay in one of the cabins, and lo and behold, she heard the same footsteps. They seemed to be wearing military boots, as the ones I heard also sounded that way. I asked, why boots? Everyone here either wore sandals or just had bare feet. She replied that this site was built on top of an area that was not only bombed heavily during the Vietnam War, but there were also trenches here. In fact, by the entrance, you could still see the shapes of the trenches and burrows. Wow. She carried on to say once the footsteps got close to her door, her baby started screaming and doors suddenly started shaking. So later... That evening, I proceeded to my bed. I tried not to think about the story, hoped that it would do no harm if it did come again. I made sure to bolt my door shut and get an early night. But before I could sleep, I heard it again. Mm. The dragging of its feet, the heavy footsteps stopping and starting. And this time, it was I was sure I could hear some sort of rustling from fabric. It's clothes, perhaps? 
Once again, I held my breath and waited for it to go. But this time, the footsteps grew more frantic. I heard the window shutters of the dorms bellow shaking so hard that they could have been pulled off their hinges. Mm. The doors to the dorms uh, below swung open and the footsteps could now be heard directly below me. It was in the dorms. I would. I know. I was shaking at this point, but somehow I wasn't scared. For some reason, I felt that it knew I was there, but it did nothing. In I feel fact, like I feel like we're reading a scary stories to tell after dark. Yeah, I know. Right? It's like, like we just need a campfire right in the middle here. I right? know. Seriously, it's good. In fact, the footfall and the rattling of the doors went on for hours, so much so that I was just getting frustrated at this point. I was so tired, and I remember thinking, just shut up. And then funnily enough, it all went quiet. Sometimes that's all it takes. It's just to be like, shut up. (laughs) About half an hour later, I desperately needed to pee. But the only way to the toilet was to leave my room and go into the dark forest to the outhouse. I was so conflicted. A part of me thought I should just pee in a bucket or my water bottle. But I don't know. I wasn't thinking clearly, I guess. So I decided to go outside. I remember taking my torch and shaking as I went down the stairs leading outside. And when I walked past the downstairs dorms, the ones that the sounds had been coming from, all the doors and windows were wide open. Hmm. They'd previously been locked down tight. I shined my light inside, but there was just darkness filling the room. I decided not to go any closer. If something was there, I'd rather not see it. And so I went to bed. Woke up again in the morning and found out a bunch of the staff hadn't come in. Apparently, they were too scared. They'd <laughs> right. They'd heard the story from the lady I spoke to and refused to work again until the land had been blessed. They did the ceremony, the usual animal sacrifice, and a prayer. And I never heard the footsteps again. But who knows? Maybe it'll come back. It had before. Though the most I take from this is that. In that moment with the thing, I didn't feel intense fear. I just knew it wouldn't be I wouldn't be harmed. I think whatever it was, its priorities were elsewhere. Yeah. It had no time to waste on me, I guess. Thankfully. Many thanks, a podcast listener. Aw. Well, thank you very much for sending thank in you. that story. That was a roller was coaster. Yeah. yeah. Also, you are a very talented writer. I was just yeah. saying that's yeah. so visual. You know, yeah. like everything Seriously. yeah, what played out in my brain like a like a movie. I could mm-hmm. see it very Legit. clearly. Exactly. They need, they need to they need to write something. Yeah. Like a book. Exactly. Yeah. And also a cool job. I mean, who gets yeah. to say yeah. that they live in the, the jungle practically? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. um with a wildlife refuge. That's exactly. Cool. You write a book, we'll plug it on the podcast. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Um yeah, the with the the ghostly encounter though, um I mean at first, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of like a residual haunting um, because it's really common for people to hear uh, footsteps and no one's there, things like that. But where it changed for me was when you said, first off, that the doors and the windows were shaking violently and that they were open. That they were opening, yeah. Um, because that takes it from a residual haunting a lot of times into a more intelligent haunting. Um, well, there's a purpose because even if it's a residual the residual doesn't make sense because the buildings weren't there. Exactly. You know, it's encountering something that wasn't there, which means that the spirit itself, which if it were a soldier, um, is probably doing recon, is, tr- is, is trying to figure out what's in the building, looking for threat, looking for the enemy or enemy combatants. So, yeah, that's interesting. 
It is. It's super interesting and um, fascinating too that um, you know the fact that you could still see remnants of the war that happened because it's quite possible that this person died in that in one spot. Of the bombings, yeah, exactly. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and there's those remnants that remind the entity of where they came from to begin with. And so, so yes. So this person um, mentioned the footsteps a lot. Mm -hmm. And I wonder in a residual haunting, I guess my question is in a, is a, in a residual haunting, are those footsteps going to be the same every single night or would they be, would they be just completely, you know, sporadic no matter what? So that's an interesting, here's, you could only have in residual, you can only have what had happened. And, sure. um, but because people walk in all kinds of patterns and do mm -hmm. all kinds of things, uh, night to night, it could be a different moment that you're hearing mm -hmm. thereby the pattern of the walking or the pattern of the things can change. The one big difference is if you're inside a, like a building with a wooden floor, um, if it was built after the person, the, you know, the ghost had died, the sounds you should hear should not be hardwood floor. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be that they should be the environment replicating yeah. the sound from when it was grass. Like if you've ever been in a house and you heard like wet footprints that sounded like it was on mm -hmm. ground, it's because the house wasn't there when the spirit that is residually there. But when you hear it on the tile of your floor, that means it either the spirit died in the house as it is now or it's an intelligent spirit. It's a spirit that is actively interacting with the building, like opening mm -hmm. the doors. Right. Opening doors – generally would only work in a residual if the doors were there at the time of death. Right. You know, that's when a door would open. But no, uh, this does not sound like that. <laughs> this, this, exactly. This, this has a lot of the earmarks of a spirit with a purpose, a mission. Mm -hmm. Soldiers oftentimes, soldier ghosts, battlefield ghosts, oftentimes die with a mission in their head. And they oftentimes carry, are, are trapped in a loop of carrying out the mission which seems residual because they are trapped in a, in, in a loop, as it were, but they are actively doing things. So they can really yeah. like rifle through your stuff. They can right. you know, open doors, they can open cabinets, they can be looking for things. And that, you know, and, and that's why <laughs> ghost, uh, ghost theory is so hard is because there are so many aspects. So uh, there's a poltergeist versus residual versus intelligent versus demonic versus, and it, it all boils down to this kind of sensation of we're going to put as much of the evidence as we can into you know the the bucket mm -hmm. that makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, footfalls could be residual or you know uh, intelligent, but they're maneuvering through. A building that wasn't there. Right. That doesn't sound residual. It doesn't make sense that there would be a residual haunting in a building that wasn't there. It, so yeah, it's it's interesting. It is. And it also um, aids to the side of it being an intelligent haunting as well because it went away after mm -hmm. this ceremony. Residual hauntings don't behave in that way because right. they're all they really are is just an impression. They're recordings. Exactly. And so 
Um, it, that is very clear that there had to be at least some intelligence behind it. But right. the biggest thing when you have a paranormal encounter is what is your gut feeling? Right. Absolutely. You know? Yes. Um, the fact that you were jarred, but you weren't afraid means that it was not a negative entity. Um, so, which is good. You know? Or its po- purpose wasn't focused at you. Exactly. You know, um, because sometimes you can sense it, like it's mm-hmm. looking for me versus it's looking for something. Right. Um, and that doesn't make it less scary, actually, to be honest. <laughs> you know, just, looking just, for something. just having something present is scary enough. But the fact that you could find comfort in an instant like that does suggest that it, it, it you're not involved in right. this scenario. Exactly. Oh, so. Yeah. Yes. Um, so thank you, listener, for sending yeah, that thank in. Thank you so much. And in uh, true fashion, we have room for one more. Room. room There's always room, room for, for more. more. That's, that, that story is probably one of my favorite horror mm-hmm. stories. Room for one more is yeah. it's a classic. It's yes. a classic. Or you can um, take it in the Haunted Mansion route like we just did. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Wanderlust Magic said that uh, we should visit the Rev in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. It's an old Revolutionary War cemetery, and it's got a very heavy energy over the whole place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I believe it. That's it, not actually f- too far from the Conjuring House. Oh, oh, I think Madison's like, well, let's do it. Let's do it. Well, there's so many places not far from the Conjuring mm-hmm. House. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes. JT and I are going for a couple days on the front end and on the back end to New York um, when we're going to the Conjuring House. And so I'm taking him to a lot of haunted locations. Boom. And so New York, Greenwich Village. Yeah. We'll be incredibly posting them on haunted. Patreon too. Yes. I'll be taking photos and all that good stuff. Yeah. So. Anyways, so for our last one, um, this one, uh, they sent in this ghost mail because they had sent us a message on TikTok saying that their mom had bought a funeral home. <laughs> and so this- Like you do. Yes. Yeah, so this is basically uh, the experience that happened in the funeral home and it has photos. So- well, Photos. Yes. So- Uh, Well, my mother got the funeral home about eight years ago, and the people who owned it before us told us stories about the room I stay in, that their (laughs) sister got locked in that room, and there's no lock on the door. Mm. Oh, boy. I never stayed in the room um, until I moved back in with my mother, but I always loved working nights, and my uh, my mom got cameras outside and inside, and at uh, night, I left work early. I had my door locked. And my cat was caught four times looking at something, not uh, not sure exactly what, but my room smelled like someone was smoking a cigar heavily. Mm. I had to air my room out, and the camera I had had in my room was recording 24-7. Well, that night, it didn't record. It just took four pictures. And above my room is another room, and you can hear someone walking in that oh, um, room. What? The photo. Oh, oh yeah. Holy, he jumped ahead. Okay. Crap. Well, I'm pulling it up for the live stream and Jesus. Okay, well good. Yeah. Okay. Moving right along. Yes. Spoilers. Spoilers. Apparently it's really good. What in the hell? Okay. Well, I haven't what seen it hell? yet. Uh-uh. Nope. All right. So um it took four pictures and above my room is another this is the room. man who wants to see something outside of his window. <laughs> yes. Wait, you know what? Th- th- if it looks like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, we have to get to it. Give me a second. All right. So, and above my room is another room, and you can hear someone walking in that room, but no one's upstairs. And I've never had problems sleeping. And one night I had a dream I couldn't breathe. So, woke up gasping for air, and my sister's daughter that wasn't at the house told my sister Bubba, aka me, can't breathe and was so worried about me not being able to breathe. She told her she was um, just over. Rea- uh, just overreacting. I caught something looking into my room that night. Yes, you did. So I checked all the cameras to see if someone was up, um, but no one was. I have even put a camera on the fireplace to see what I can get. And around 2 a.m., you can see orbs go from the kitchen through the dining room to the living room. Orbs is the least concerning. She has to worry about. Okay, so. Here we go. Here's one photo. Here's there the cat it is. staring. There it is, pair of junkies. Cat has uh, something to look at. <laughs> Cat is intrigued by whatever it is. Nope. Is oh, that's <gasps> why I freaked out. Oh no. Oh why? And the, it's peeking. It's peeking. <gasps> oh, I, I don't know why I'm so into it. It's great. I don't know. I love it. I oh love it. my is god! Next, is this the next short film we make? I'm inspired. Maybe. I'm inspired, y'all. That is not uh, uh, an orb. That is the reflection of an eye. Oh my god. That's horrifying. This is why you don't move into funeral homes. You let them have their place. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I got chills. I got goosebumps. Okay, anyways. So for those of you who can't see the photo, first off, go to YouTube and don't do it at 3 a.m. Because I know some of y'all listen to this in the middle of the night. Don't do it if it's the middle of the night. But go to YouTube and look at this um, section because my God, it's a it's a security camera image where basically it's the room facing the door, yeah. and the door is just barely cracked open, and there is this yeah. horrifying what is that um, night experiment or whatever? Let's yeah. oh, the Russian experiment. The Russian sleep experiment. Sleep, that's, that's what it looks vibe. like. That's the vibe. It looks like the Russian sleep no. experiment. Oh my god! It's so good. It's so good. Oh my god. Right, it so is intense. On. Pair of junkies are free. Get out right now. And here's Elle, a photo of the, said, Holy cow. the funeral home. Lauren said, the scream I just scrumped. Uh, the scream scrumped. I'm scrumping inside. <laughs> Ashley Warner, so oh, hell no. That's, yep, that's oh, also very no. valid. Everyone's scrumping. We're scrumping. It's it's that's, fantastic. Uh, Lauren, Lauren hates peekers. <laughs> I hate peekers. Don't peek. Don't peek. No one likes a lurker. Don't lurk. Oh, my Lord. All right. Hold on. I'm like, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put it back. Uh, I'm going to put the photo back for the pair of junkies. This is. This is yeah, it, it, it definitely looks inhuman. It looks Freaking inhuman. It, it looks inhuman. It is not pleasant at all. Either that or a decaying body where right. it's like lost all of its fl- meat and it's just the skin on the bones. But it's got enough of a reflective eye to catch the IR <laughs> and, and reflect it back. Which what? is not really a, f- uh, a feature of the human eye. No. Uh-uh. Why you be peeking, bro? Oh my god, that pork. Th- my no, question. No, the cat was like, "Hey, you <sighs> see this? Hey, anybody see this? Anyone? Literally, anybody? It's like, hello." <laughs> like, and I, the I fact don't want to be all cat-like or anything, but you know, meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hiss, I say, hiss. My God, that is that is wow. Yeah, that's disturbing. Very. Um, how you continued sleeping in this room? 
beyond me because boy would I be up and out of there. I'd be like, that is enough for me to say peace on out. Um, yeah, no, that's. Uh, no, no. I don't even know what to make of that. This is the sign for the right. funeral home, but Nyberg something funeral home. Jeez. Wow. Mm. Um, That's a big old bucket of nope. And the fact, too, that they heard footsteps above them where it was like, mm, and making my way downtown. It brings up like, in. <sighs> you start to get into the varieties of types of entities that that gather around and what a funeral home represents to a variety of entities because this kind of looks like a textbook ghoul. Yeah. And ghouls go where bodies are kept because it'd be yeah. body snatching. Because ghouls eat bodies versus vampires who want the blood, the ghouls want the bones. So if you ever wondered what's the difference between a vampire and a ghoul. Yeah. Ghouls are more interested in they're kind of scavengery. They're not they they generally don't attack living things. They they want to eat the dead. He, he's like, You got bones, bro. Yeah, he got bones. <laughs> That's why vampires and ghouls actually complement each other well. The vampire, you know, drains it of the blood and then the ghouls eat the bones and then Yeah, bone daddy over boom, here. Boom boom. <laughs> What's that movie where it's like bone daddy? Oh, it's Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like <laughs> um yeah, yeah, not as pleasant as Nightmare Before Christmas. This is just nightmare on nightmare. Um a nightmare any night of the year. Yeah. Oh jeez. Um yeah, it does. It's feel a very, very compelling image. And um if uh if you have more images or more stories in uh, your from funeral this home funeral home. Please share them, um, and if this funeral home is still in your um, in your family, we might like to come out and do an investigation. Yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously. So I just started a poll because I guess I can do that now on YouTube, and um, I was wow. like, "What do y'all think about the photo? Yes, no, or hell no?" <laughs> and it's unanimous. It is a unanimous. Hell, the winner is hell nah. No. Hell no. Nah. You don't even give it an O. Yeah, it's a right. hell no. Nah. Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, oh, hell no. Nah. Nah. <laughs> that, that was great. I am so glad that you sent that photo in because yes. that and what is. what a great uh, punch ending for, yes. our, for our episode. Because now I'm going to need lots of comfort and soothing. Yeah. <laughs> and Maybe that's what a you cookie. Want. Oh, yeah. A cookie is. Poor Megan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meg's gonna have to, to to tend to him hand and foot. Make me some cookies. Make me a cookie, please. <laughs> I've been scared by the ghouls. I need to replace my missing chunks of soul with chocolate chips. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you um, for that bit of nightmare fuel uh, for all of us, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you, well, I mean, you made it out of there alive, so that's good. So. Don't know how. You know? And good. Unless it's the ghoul that's sending oh, us yeah. the photo. <laughs> Please come to the house and investigate. I have chocolate chips for you, Chris. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's go. all righty well thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode uh if you have some ghost mail you would like to send us uh you know ghost stories if you have photos send it on in please do um so we love seeing them um and you can send that to ghost that might be a strong statement (laughs) oh i love seeing them chris is we regret it afterwards a little bit (laughs) but that's okay we love we do love having them but uh 
We're scarred. We're scarred. But it's okay. We are scarred. But yes, yeah, send it to ghostmail at hauntedcitypodcast.com. Um, and if you have photos, uh, it might also be featured on a Ghost Caught on Camera episode. You never know. Absolutely. Um, but anywho, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.